What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and you are tuned in to the Lunch Break Podcast, Episode 5. I've got a longtime friend, somebody that I consider a mentor, especially early on in my sales career. I have Crystal Schweizer here. She was one of my sales managers when I started out in retail wireless, and we've kept in touch. Her career has has catapulted. She's gone on to do great things. Uh, I've loved keeping in touch with her and watching her progress in her career. And when I thought about somebody that could really bring some true value to the audience about the ups and downs of being a career salesperson, Crystal was one of the first people that I thought about. So Crystal, I'm super happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate you having me on. And you provide a lot of value to the folks who follow you. Um, So I'm very honored that you invited me to be on on your podcast today. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I... This is uh, special for me. It's cool for me because, uh, you know, we, we work together and you helped me figure out some key things when I was first starting out. I mean, I think one of the things that I vividly remember is, is, you know, you have to, I remember you telling me, you know, I, I had just talked to a customer and I, I, there was a phrase that I kept saying over and over again. It was, I think I, it was like I said, it was that phrase. <laughs> and and you pointed out to me that first of all it was like one of those filler phrases but it also can make the other person feel like you're like they're not getting it and you're having to repeat it and it's a pain for you to have to repeat it like like i said the phone is 49.99 so uh, really and that was like the first time i thought about like choosing my words and trying to get rid of fillers and I'll tell you what I'm still not good at that because when I edit these podcasts I can't stand listening to myself when I have filler words so it's something I'm still (laughs) trying to get better at but you know you were you had that attention to detail and so that that's why I'm so excited to have you on and really I think we can go ahead and get it started by just having you talk about how you got started in sales and what your journey's been like and and we can we can go from there. Okay, great. Well, thank you again. Um, And, you know, you provided a lot of value to me over the years as well uh, when we worked together. So thank you for uh, challenging me to be a a better leader. I started out in retail in the wireless industry, um, and I worked for a company for about five and a half years as a store manager, and I worked in a couple different locations. And I'm very appreciative for that experience that I had um, at my former company because it really allowed me to grow, um, to see what I wanted to become, to to see what I didn't want to become, to learn from my own mistakes and learn from the mistakes of others. Um, And I I find that I really got to know myself uh, and find out what I wanted out of my future career um, by getting started. That was my, my first real leadership position. Um, so I was very appreciative of that. Of that. Um, unfortunately, I, I grew out of that position. There wasn't a lot of room for growth. Um, so I went on to work for another wireless company uh, with a different carrier in the indirect channel um, and found that I was promoted w- 
you know, just under a year of taking that lateral move. Um, so I became a district manager. Um, and then in the last year, I did that for a few years. And then in the last year, uh, I moved over to the operations team, which has always been a strength of mine. Very passionate about operations. Um, I realize it's not as exciting as the sales world. Um, you know, the salespeople get all the guts, all the glory, and all the recognition. Um, but I find that the operations team is a great support system for our for our sales team so that way they can be successful. They can spend more of their time selling um, and less time following up on, on any operational tasks. Um, they can they can be their best selves and generate revenue for the company. So uh, that's the short of it. I love it. I love it. And I wanted to to touch on a few things that you mentioned. So I think a lot of salespeople grow I mean you know it's the nature of a career right you uh, grow and you learn and then you get to a point where you're ready to take that next step and and you're ready to kind of take start that next chapter and you know it sounded like you experienced what you know is just kind of the harsh reality of of the working world and especially when you're in sales is that sometimes those opportunities aren't uh, really available at your current company and what's interesting is that you know when you switched companies it was kind of a compared to how it had been over the last 5 years a meteoric rise so what do you what do you attribute to 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 the trajectory change there right i mean is it uh, uh do you attribute it to something that you did or or what you know what are your thoughts on on the factors that kind of made that possible yeah, sure. Um, I'd love to answer that question. And, um, you know, the, the direction I'm going to take on answering that may be a little bit of a sensitive subject, too. Um, I was in that role for five and a half years, and um, I had become stagnant. And there were, uh, there were some factors that were holding me back a little bit. Um, I, was, I was a fantastic store manager. Um, I actually trained a lot of the new hires that came on board. Um, I ended up training a lot of the new managers that came on board. And then I started to notice that there were some trends that were occurring uh, or some themes that I, I'd like to use that word, some themes. Um, and there weren't a lot of women in leadership positions above the store manager role. And I started noticing that I was I was such a great store manager, and I I don't mean that uh, you know boasting on myself that I was one of the best in the region I was in, and um, and I had almost worked myself out of a promotion um, because I had added that much value to um, the leaders above me with training all of the store managers that were coming on board for the market I worked in, um, so. I could have probably been a little bit more vocal at that point in my career. Um, I could have probably done some some items differently. I did apply for a um, for a leadership position above store manager at one point, um, but there were some some factors I think due to the culture of the company at that time that that held me back from moving forward. And when I decided to make that jump. Um, and it was scary for me at the time because, um, you know, I was the 
the breadwinner, I guess you could say, in in um, in my household. So any change is uh, is a little scary. And I had just had a baby at that time, also. Um, so I had some reservations, and I think that's something that a lot of women fall um, or find themselves um, running into that they're they're scared to make that leap because of the obligations that they have at home. And that's that's something that I think we don't talk enough about today, simply because it's um it's almost as if it's a taboo. The taboo subject, um, we don't want to talk about uh, you know, the things that hold women back um, you know, with companies because it's it's a real issue and it can also open up uh, you know, unfortunately some liability. But it's yeah. it's it's a real thing. Um, when I made that jump, it was, it was scary at first, but it was the best decision I had ever made for myself, um, you know, career wise and also for my family. And I would say for, for women who find themselves in those positions where they feel that they're stagnant, um, they're in a situation where they're, they're scared to move forward, maybe because of, uh, fear of the unknown. And they want to make sure that their number one job as a as a mother um, that they can still provide for their family and uh, be there for their kids. I would say to those women, um, don't have regrets later on in life. Do what scares you. Make those changes for your family because you will find a way. And I find that hard work, grit, determination, those are the things that. Um, that eventually, if it's not a fit for your current company, um, you will find that fit with someone else. So to do what's best for you personally. I love it. I mean, uh, you know, you said so many great things there that uh, I think apply to everybody, but especially for women. Um, you know, my, the last guest I had on on the show, Casey Jones, I mean, she uh, did an entire webinar about uh you know, women in sales and, and what it's like to be a woman in sales because, you know, it's 2018 now, right? You would think that most organizations are past, you know, the gender pay gap. We're finding out that that's not actually the case with large companies, you know, and it comes out in a very public way. Um, and I think it ha it can be even more magnified and more intense in the sales organization within a company because uh, traditionally it's been uh, at a lot of places, unfortunately, you know, some like that boys club mentality uh, and, and uh, for whatever reason that, that continues to kind of carry on and uh, you know, people like you who, we're obviously and and you know I remember that that time frame you know that you're talking about where you know you were obviously one of the best leaders in the district you were obviously uh you know adding tons of value and and what a what a what a bad feeling to have to to kind of feel like you're working yourself out of a promotion I've been there before too where you know you start realizing like wow like they've really got me in a position here you know like man they got me they got me good on this one because they got me doing all this work and uh it, i enjoy doing it so i'm you know not complaining all the time but if i take a big step back i you know you can kind of see 
like you said, you're, you're becoming valuable to the company in a way that's not really all that valuable for your own growth. So, you know, uh, having that courage and hearing stories like yours, I think will help everybody and especially women to, you know, take that leap. I, I, I mean, I had a very similar feeling and, 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 uh, lines of thought when I left wireless retail sales, you know, I was the sole breadwinner in my house and I had done this one thing for so long and wasn't even really sure if I was going to be any good at this next thing that I was going to do. And it ended up being the right decision. Right. And so I think, um, that is one of the great things about sales is that, you know, if you're passionate about what you do and you are uh, good at what you do and it shines through in the work that you, you know, kind of put on the table, opportunities will present themselves, but it doesn't always come easy. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's the value of, of your story. Right. And, and so now you are, you know, at a company who obviously can see the value that you bring enough to, you know, allow you to move into a completely different side of, uh, the business. And so talk about a little bit about um, the advantages of, you know, being having a, a successful and lengthy sales career, and then going into a role like, you know, field operations, sales operations, and, and how that background of being a salesperson helps you uh, do your job now. I think that's a really interesting piece. Yeah, absolutely. I love to answer that. Um, you know, the I, I was saying the operations team doesn't usually get all of the uh, glory that the sales team does um, because the sales team is the one that's uh, you know they're they're the ones who are really contributing to the revenue that the company takes in. Um, but I think that's important to recognize because as a former sales manager, um, you know, I was on the other side of the fence. And there's, there's a lot of different directions. Your day is jam-packed with sales tasks on what is going to generate money for the company, what's going to be in the pipeline for tomorrow or six months from now or next year. Um, and, you know, some of the operational items, not all salespeople are really hyper-focused on that because it doesn't necessarily add to their immediate um, income or maybe their bonuses or their commissions. So they're driven by sales activities. And you know, when I transitioned to operations, it really was impactful for uh, the sales side of the business to see that I understood and I could empathize with the fact that they were doing uh, or they were filling their day with sales tasks. Um, because I realize that I don't have a job at the end of the day if they're not successful. So recognizing that when I transitioned into operations was very important um, in order to support the sales team. And I think based on that mutual respect, they were able to see, okay, well, maybe these operational items or tasks or agendas that I'm putting together for them may not directly impact them, but it helps our organization become more efficient, more profitable, even if it doesn't always necessarily directly impact their particular bonus. Um, and if our organization is profitable, we're running efficiently, 
We can open up more locations. Um, we can offer better comp plans. We can offer better benefits um, because the company is saving money and we're, we're running lean and tight. And, um, you know, I think that's the benefit is that I'm able to empathize with them and really recognize what they're doing um, is what makes the company run. And what I'm doing helps us, uh, helps us make sure that we're able to have longevity in the business. Well, and I think you, you bring up a really good point because the age old battle between the sales department and the operations department, you know, it's like the sales, it's just like you said, the salespeople get all the credit, the operations people are doing all of the dirty work and you know, the salespeople, <laughs> I laugh when I think about this because I just, I, I can think of so many different times where I've seen an operations manager, uh, you know, visibly frustrated because the, the, the damn salespeople just won't do this one thing that's, you know, super easy to do, but he just can't get them to do this one thing, right? Um, but it sounds like the way to a salesperson's heart is through empathy. We just want to be understood. We just want to know that, you know, you know how hard it is for us poor salespeople. And you can explain it to us in a way that makes sense to us. And now, all right, well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that, that report or click that button. I mean, you know, what's so funny to me <laughs> is that um, I, f I feel like operations departments, marketing departments try to make it as easy as possible for, for salespeople to get things done. But, yeah, I'm the first to tell you we're not always the greatest at uh, – you know, prioritizing things that won't make us money. You know, it's, it's like, a, it's just, you know, it's like a Ozzy and Harriet odd couple thing. It's just always going to be that way. But having that, that mutual empathy, I think is key. Um, because I, I remember the first company that I worked at, uh, where I was in inside sales, uh, was really the first time that I had, um, a lot of interactions with an operations department. And, pretty quickly realized, you know, these guys are working hard, you know, that this is all things that I couldn't do. So I need to give them, you know, the respect of helping them as much as I can, because, you know, it's going to help me out, right? And and not to mention, I, I if you ask me to do any number of the things that are on their list, I'd pull my hair out. So, um, you know, I think that empathy helps kind of generate that mutual respect, which, uh, you know, isn't always easy to, to, to have. So it, it sounds like, uh, and, and kudos to the, to the organization for, for seeing that, right? I mean, how smart of a move to move somebody that's a successful sales leader that maybe is, you know, wanting to do something different into a operations role, uh, because it's, it can help bridge that gap, right? I mean, that's, gotta be one of the the pain points for pretty much any business you know getting all these different parts of the machine to to work together nicely um it's not easy well you know james um you know the word partnership comes to mind on that and it's very frustrating for me when i hear people misuse the word partnership um because a partnership is where both parties are are giving um, and sometimes we use the word partnership, but only one party is giving and one party's taking. Um, so it's important to have an authentic partnership that's 
transparent in nature uh, where both parties have respect for one another and are um, and are are giving the other party what they need. That's such a great point because uh, that works internally, right, between different departments, and that also uh, is a great thought for a salesperson, right? So, partnership I think is one of those words that uh, salespeople maybe throw around right along with like value adding. Uh, that they just throw it around all the time. Um, but if you step back and think, okay, so if I'm calling myself a partner to my customer or my customer's business, you know, am I asking them for everything? Am I asking them for 15 minutes of their time? Am I, or am I asking them to come in to, you know, check out this new thing or am I giving just as much? Right. And so I think that's an interesting point to bring up too. you know, the, the idea that it has to be a two-way street if it's going to work, whether that's an internal relationship or an external relationship with, with your customers. Um, great point. So now you're, you're a field operations manager. Talk, just tell us about what the company you work for does. Yeah, sure. Um, so we sell Verizon's uh, products and services in the indirect channel. Um, so if you've ever been to a Verizon store, uh, you've likely been to uh, one of our Victra stores. It's the company I currently work for. And I support the sales team with um, operational excellence. And that covers, um, you know, every category from transactions, um, make sure that they're completing transactions correctly to, um, you know, contracts. Um, inventory management, um, loss prevention. Um, so my job is really to work with a lot of the departments that work out of our store support center in Raleigh to ensure that our stores are operating efficiently, effectively, that we're profitable, um, and make sure that we have a process in place uh, for everything that we do. We certainly want to make sure that we're giving our guests a great experience when they walk in the store. Um, and you have to have a process for that. You can't just fly by the seat of your pants. Um, so I'm very appreciative for the role that I have. I absolutely love it. I love the, the field um, or the teams, I should say, that I support. Um, and it's, it's a fun job. I get to physically be in stores still. Um, I still get to interact with the sales team and leadership and, you know, once in a while customers. So that keeps me grounded. It keeps me involved. Um, so I'm not far, I'm not too far removed from the sales anymore. Um, I'm in locations. So I get to support them with feedback on what they can do, um, you know, on the operations side of the business. So that way they can free up some additional time in their day. Uh, so that way they can sell. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. And, and one thing that I wanted to, to ask you, um, you know, before we wrap it up is, is uh, so for, you know, you worked in retail for a long time. I worked in retail for several years and that, you know, started my, my sales career in retail. For somebody who's listening to this that, you know, maybe hasn't gotten into sales yet or is thinking about it, you know, what are the advantages of, of taking a retail sales job? I mean, I think that um, is one of those things that I am kind of constantly advocating for is, um, 
you know, if you don't know what to do, try your hand at this because I think it, it allows you, in my opinion, to, you know, uh, learn about business, learn how to speak with people and, and gives you some room to, to maybe flesh out a bit of a sales career. So, you know, interested to hear your thoughts on, on, you know, speaking to somebody that, that that's thinking about getting into sales and, and, and why, um, getting into retail sales specifically would be a good idea. And I think retail sales, um, that's really got, that's where I got my feet wet. And um, it does a lot of things for you professionally and personally. Um, you know, and before I get into that, one, uh, why do people go into sales? They go into sales to make money and you can generate your own income. You get to, de you get to, de de you get to determine, excuse me, your own income level. And in most professions, you cannot do that. So, yeah you have um you have control over what you earn based on the amount of work that you're willing to put in and that is one of the great things about sales um i think someone should try their hand at retail sales for sure um you know for multiple multiple reasons learn how to overcome objections you work with the public um you know you get to understand how working with individuals in a consultative manner allows you to become a more professional salesperson and really um, sharpen your skills that way. I think a lot of times when uh, people first start into a sales career, they're just trying to sell and they're not trying to um, understand or listen to their customer or their client. And you, you, when you first get into it, you start to really, um, you quickly find out that um, it's consultative. You need to listen more than you speak. You need to find out what the needs of your client or your customer are, um, and then really balance those needs. And they may have needs that you that they're not even aware of. Um, and when you're able to provide a solution to them that is sincere, um, that you actually kept them in mind for what they need and not what your agenda is. Uh, you build trust and you build real relationships that way. And that's how you become successful in a sales career is through those relationships that you build, whether, um, you know, you get more referrals, you get repeat business. And, you know, that brings me back to point number one. Why did you get into sales? You did it for the money. Most of the time people did it for the money. Um, and retail sales is a, is a great avenue to start out in. Um, you know, maybe if you don't have the education level um, that you need to get the job that you thought that you wanted, um, or maybe you had applied for a bunch of jobs after college, and then you get told what a lot of um, new graduates get told, you don't have the experience that we need to put you into this position. Yeah. And then you sit there and you say, well, how do I get the experience if no one will hire me? And retail sales is a great way to gain experience because you start working with the public. You're selling the, not just the product or the service um, that you're trying to sell. You're selling yourself. Yes. And um, it's, a, it's a big confidence boost. You get to really understand who you are um, mm. when you start out in retail sales. And that's a skill that you can take with you um, for the rest of your career. Yeah. Because you find out 
who you are, what you want, what you're willing to do, how, how hard you're, wor- you're willing to work. Mm. Um, and those are, those are skills that they can't teach in college. Yeah. Um, so um, I think those are, you know, we have reasons why we get into sales, mm-hmm. but the journey of why we, um, why we stay is what's most impactful. Yeah. And I think it always, everybody that I talk to, it always starts out as they get out, they get into sales a lot of the times as a last resort. (laughs) I mean, I I think about uh, the people that I've interviewed so far on the podcast. And I mean, essentially each one of them, it was like, well, I just didn't have any other option. Right. And then it becomes this thing where you realize, wow, this can be you know, a real career for me, this can be a real way that I can provide for my family. And so, um, you know, thank you for coming on the show and and telling your story. Uh, so many great things that you talked about um, that, that I think are valuable to people out there. And, and I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask every person that comes on the show, because it is called the Lunch Break Podcast. What is your favorite lunch spot? Oh, hands down, Nils Cafe in Fuquay Verena. Nils uh, Cafe. Absolutely. They have a lot of Mediterranean food there. Um, and that's hard to find, I noticed, um, in that area. And it's very fresh. It, it, they get all of their ingredients very, very fresh. Um, fantastic grape leaves. So I, I go there pretty frequently. Yeah, Nils Cafe, fantastic food. Got it. Got it. I'm going to have to, I think at the very least, uh, at the end, when I stop doing these shows, I'll at least maybe make a little travel guide of all the places that people, people mentioned and, and, and that will be on the list. Crystal, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciated you sharing your story and look forward to staying in touch and everybody out there. Thanks for listening wrapping up episode five of the lunch break podcast. Talk to you guys soon.